rescuing hostages and you take a bullet, uh, helping somebody and you get injured. But years ago in the Midwest, I heard about a police officer where he shot himself. And it's not funny, but you don't get the, you don't get the accolades. You don't get all the newspaper time. You don't get the front page. He, he got shot saving a little. No, you shoot yourself. And what happened was he was carrying a Glock. And for those of you that know weapons, a Glock, the only safety it has is on the trigger. And so he was putting it in his holster, but he didn't remove his finger fast enough from the trigger, trigger guard, which those of you that know weapons, you never put your finger on the trigger guard unless you're getting ready to shoot something anyway. His finger was in the trigger guard. He was putting it in his holster, and he didn't get his finger out of the way. And when he shoved it in his holster, he pulled the trigger, and it shot. He was kind of walking like this. It shot down through his calf, went through his calf into his foot. And with the hollow point round, it did tons of damage. But he shot himself. Folks, it's a terrible thing to get shot. But I have to say it's probably worse to shoot yourself. It's a terrible thing to get injured, but it's worse when you injure yourself. And I've got to say, it's a terrible thing to be poor, but it's worse when you make yourself poor. And there's a lot of people today that are facing poverty, but it's self-inflicted poverty. A lot of talk about inflation nowadays and boy inflations they say it's seven percent but that's because they mess with the numbers cars are up 50 percent meets up 30 percent this is up this percent this is up 47 percent inflation seven it's like uh no they they decide what to count and what not to count to make the numbers sound as best they can but even at seven percent it hasn't been this high since like 1982 and there's a lot of people that are worried about finances. And listen, you go into the store, you walk out with two bags of groceries, it's 100 bucks. When you got four or five mouths to feed, uh, it's, it's disconcerting. But let me tell you this. There will be more people struggle financially in the coming days, not because of inflation, not because of America is, is going through a setback and, and leaders are making foolish decisions and printing money and and, and all the crazy things that are going on. But people will suffer because of their own decisions. Self-inflicted poverty. I've never been rich. I know what it's like to not have enough. I know what it's like, thankfully, most of the time to get by. I know what it's like to have more than you, you need sometimes. But I also know what it's like when my wife and I were first married, I was working for myself. Man, you're 23 years of age. Sometimes you're making 300 bucks a day. That was a lot of money back then in the Midwest. Uh, sometimes I got a job working at, at a local carpenter's union for a while. When uh, the business got difficult, I went and got a carpenter's job. I'm 24 years old, making $27.90 an hour with a $13 an hour benefit package. I mean, that's pretty nice. But I also know what it's like to get injured as a self-employed person and not be able to buy groceries. And not be able to pay the light bill. One time we had some people over at our house 
They were there for a conference and family staying with us. And the day they got up to leave, our power was shut off. That's a little embarrassing. But you're injured, what do you do? So I'm just saying that all of us could tell stories about being broke, struggling, doing pretty good. But what if it's our own philosophies that put us over on the broke end more than we need to be? That put us on the struggling end more than we need to be? I just read through the book of Genesis. And Joseph, they were going to have seven years of plenty and seven years of drought. Do you know if Joseph, if God hadn't sent Joseph to help them to be wise during the seven years of plenty? The Bible insinuates that basically the world would have shriveled up and died. But God used Joseph to save the world because he was wise. So I think next week, maybe in Sunday school, I'm going to teach on biblical, the biblical philosophy of wealth. And uh, I think you all ought to come to that, the biblical philosophy of wealth. But today, I want to take just a, a little bit of time and show you 10 things. The Bible says, you want to be poor? Here's how you do it. You want to be broke? Do these 10 things. And they're, they're reasons for self-inflicted poverty. On the other hand, if you don't want to be broke, don't do these things. <laughs> right? Stop shooting yourself in the foot. And let's, let's dive into it. Uh, look up. Turn to the book of Matthew. Matthew chapter 16. I'll just read you a couple verses while you're turning. Proverbs 23, 5 says, Wilt thou set thine eyes upon that which is not? For riches certainly make themselves wings. They fly away as an eagle toward heaven. So riches are hard to get, but they're easy to lose. Uh, and boy, if we can nickel and dime it away, we can... You ever... You ever Look at your bank account and you got so much money and then you come back like a couple days later and you're like, where'd all my money go? What happened? It just flies away. Proverbs 27, uh, 23 and 24 says, be diligent to know the state of thy flocks. Back before paper money and banking and stuff, your flocks were your wealth. And so God here is saying, be careful to know the state of your flocks. Pay attention and look well to thy herds. Why? For riches are not forever. And doth the crown endure to every generation. And so money is easy to come. It's quick to go. But it goes a lot faster if we're shooting ourselves in the foot and causing self-inflicted poverty. But let's look at a few things here. Matthew chapter 16. I don't have much time to spend on any one of these. But it will give you a good outline. And you can build your biblical philosophy on these. Matthew chapter 16. Look at verse 25. For whosoever will save his life shall what? Lose it. lose it. And whosoever will lose his life for my sake shall what? Find it. Find it. Verse 26. For what is a man profited if he gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? Folks, the first thing you have to nail down here is if you're rich and you lose your soul, it doesn't matter. You're not taking any of your riches with you. You're not going to, you've never seen a, a U-Haul following a hearse from a funeral. You can't take it with you. 
And we read in 1 Timothy chapter 6 that the truth is people who decide, hey, I'm going to be rich in this life. What are you going to do? I'm going to be a millionaire. I'm going to be a billionaire. I'm going to be this. I'm going to be that. If you're not careful, you will pierce your soul with many sorrows in pursuit of this world's riches. That's self-inflicted. You will pierce your soul. Not the rich people. Not the man. Not the government. You. It's self-inflicted. If we have the wrong idea, the wrong motives, the wrong way to go about it. The truth is a lot of people, they exchange their integrity for riches. Well, my friend, if you have to be a, a liar and a thief and a cheat and all that to get rich, you've already lost because you've given away what money can't buy. If you lose your family and attempt to be rich, you've given away what money can't buy. If you pierce yourselves through with many sorrows. Listen, I was at a man's house, a multi-million dollar house over in Bonnet Shores. You walk in the site, you, you pull in, there's a three-car garage with each stall filled with $150,000 cars. There was a loft above that where his live-in helped live. You pull in and you're looking at the bowl of Bonnet Shores. It looks like the Mediterranean looking out his, his uh, window or standing in his yard just looking. It looks like that part of Bonnet Shores. It looks like something out of the Mediterranean, just beautiful. You walk in the side door and you go down a little hallway. You walk into his kitchen. If you turn to the right, it's floor to ceiling windows. No less than 15 feet tall. No less than 25 feet wide. You look out and you see the total panorama of Bonnet Shores. To the left, you see a chef's kitchen. If you go down the hall and go down a little stairs, you go to his personal theater, a built-in theater. He, he has a yacht in Newport, and he pays a captain to live on the yacht full-time just in case he ever wants to take a ride. And you know what? He's miserable. He's lonely. 70 plus years old, still running around with women, couldn't care less about him. His own family waiting for him to die so they could have all of his stuff. And the problem is we think that that's like, man, if I could ever get there. And the truth is he sat at Christmas lonely wishing his kids loved him. Who's really rich? We got to get the right mindset, folks. We got to have the right mindset. Godliness with contentment is what? Great gain. And if you lose what really matters in pursuit of what you can't take with you, that's a bad trade. But some people will exchange their very soul. You've heard about people selling their souls to the devil. Boy, back in the 80s, that was a big thing. And then I was, remember one time there was a, a rock group. I can't remember which one it was. And someone talked about how they made a deal with the devil. They became famous. And I looked at one of their CDs one time years later, and I, I saw one. I was in Walmart or something. I was walking through the electronic section. I saw one. I picked it up. I'm like, oh, that's that weirdo group. Looked at it, and it said on there, we, we give... Thanks and glory to our Lord Satan. <laughs> it's like, what? 
Hey, you may be rich in the world's eyes. You may be famous, but you've lost your soul. Folks, if, if you die in your sin and you go to hell, you lose. Nothing else matters. 50 years of worldwide fame is not worth an eternity of damnation. The sad fact is, most people will exchange their soul and they're not rich. And they're not famous. But they just won't yield to Christ. Number one, we find in this portion of scripture, self-inflicted poverty, selfishness. Selfishness. Verse 25, for whosoever will save his life shall lose it. I've got to do it my way. I'm going to do my thing. I have to save my life. I'm going to hold on to it. I'm going to, I'm going to make it happen. It's all about me. And what happens when you do that with your life? You lose it. But you know when you gain your life? When you give it away. Do you know the sad fact is mo- the most generous people I've ever known were not the most wealthy I've ever known? The truth is, sometimes the most generous people are like that widow that had two mites. And they don't have much, but they'll give you the shirt off, the back, off their back if, if, if you need it. And sometimes the people that have the most are the least generous. But no, selfishness will always get you in trouble. Selfishness is self-inflicted poverty. It's shooting yourself in the foot. You're selfish with your soul, selfish with your life. Selfish with your finances, selfish with your time. Boy, selfishness will get you in trouble every time. Let's look at a few other things here. And I've got multiple verses. I'll just give you a verse or so for each one of these things. Look at Proverbs chapter 10. Self-inflicted poverty. Stop shooting yourself in the foot. It's one thing to be poor with circumstances out of our control and to struggle with circumstances out of our control. But man... Why would we shoot ourselves in the foot? And selfishness is a guaranteed way to struggle. God will not bless selfishness. Look at Proverbs chapter 10. We see the second reason for self-inflicted poverty. Proverbs chapter 10 and verse 4. He that becometh poor dealeth with a slack hand. Now the word slack means lazy. He that becometh poor dealeth with a slack hand, but the hand of the diligent maketh what? Rich. Reason for self-inflicted poverty, number two, laziness. You want to be poor? Selfishness. You want to be poor? Laziness. Listen, this whole equality thing, that, that this, this misunderstood and misrepresented idea of equality, that everybody ought to get the same no matter what. Matter of fact, if you got a certain skin color, you're born in a certain place, you ought to get more just because of, of your bloodline or whatever. Folks, the truth is some people are rich because they work hard. And some people are poor because they're lazy. We ought not punish hard workers for working hard. And lazy people should feel the weight of their laziness. Years ago, a couple came to me. My, my 
my kids moved back in with us and they won't leave. I thought, go tell me about it. Well, we give them a room. How much do they pay in rent? Nothing. They eat all our food. Well, how much do they pay for food? Nothing. My wife has to make whatever meals they want. We have to drive them everywhere. They said, what do we do? I said, can I move in with you? <laughs> I said, he's got a better life than I do. Chef, maid, a chauffeur. No, he's never going to leave. Why would he? And folks, whenever you reward laziness, why would they ever work? And when you punish diligence, why would they work other than character? And our government's got this all wrong. They, they punish the diligent and they reward those who, I'm not saying those who can't work, those who won't work. And there is a difference. You know why you and I work? Because we like to eat. <laughs> we need a place to live. We need to put gas in the car. We need clothes on our back. That'll make you get up and work. I tell you what, you get hungry enough, you'll work. Laziness. Listen to me, young people. Laziness will make you poor. Stop looking around, well, what do they do? And what are, they're not doing anything. And you ought not try to be like the lowest common denominator. You ought to work as hard as you can with the talents and opportunities God gives you. All right, self-inflicted poverty. Let's look at Proverbs chapter 23. Is this interesting to you? It's common sense, but we, we've got to make sure that we keep this in, in sight. Self-inflicted poverty, number three, living above your income. Proverbs chapter 23, verse 1, When thou sittest thee with a ruler, consider diligently what is before thee. And put a knife to thy throat, if thou be a man given to appetite. Be not desirous of his dainties, for they are deceitful meat. Labor not to be rich, cease from thine own wisdom. Wilt thou set thine eyes upon that which is not? For riches certainly make themselves wings. They fly away as an eagle toward heaven. Here we get a warning not to try to keep up with the Joneses. Well, they, they drive a BMW and I only drive a Toyota. Well, they're, they're driving a Land Rover, and I've only got an Acura. Folks, be, be content with what you have. If you try to, well, well my house only has 1,500 square feet, and their house has 2,500. Well, my house, this is, they're clothes, they're wearing Aeropostale, or however you say it, and all this kind of expensive stuff, and I got my stuff on sale at, 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 at Walmart. If you're not careful, you get into this idea of, I got to keep up. I got to keep up. I got to spend more. I want that. I, I don't want to eat. I don't want to eat a sirloin. I want to eat a filet every night. I don't, I don't want to eat this. I don't, I don't want the cheap hot dogs. I want the all beef hot dogs. All right, now you're getting where, where we live. Amen. I don't, want the, I don't want the name brand. I don't, I don't want the, the cheap pork and beans. I want the name brand pork and beans. And so if you're not careful, you, you see what other people have. And you begin reaching for it, not knowing that it's fleeting. And you'll spend every dime you have trying to afford things you can't. And you'll go broke. It's a way to go broke. Matter of fact, God, God is so urgent about it. He says, put a knife to thy throat. If thou 
be a man given to appetite. If you look at that rich person and that's how you want to live, you might as well kill yourself now because it's going to be decades of suffering trying to get there. Living above your income. Years ago, I took a teen group. I said, bring $15. We're going to go over to Newport for lunch. And 15 years ago, $15 went a little bit further than it does today. It was a lot for a teen meal. I took them over, and we went to the Castle Hill restaurant. It was over. It was beautiful, expensive. You're right on the side of the island. You can sit there and watch the yachts go by and the sailboats. And We went there for lunch. The only thing, I knew this before we went, the only thing they could afford with 15 bucks was a grilled cheese. And so they all look at the menu, and they're like, whoa! We sit there for a while, and hey, you guys like this? Man, this is great. Oh, look at that yacht. You want that? Oh, that's a yacht. One yacht, one time we saw a yacht. It was white with a gray pinstripe. On the back was a matching helicopter, white with a gray pinstripe. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Open up the menu. <laughs> you know, what's, What? I didn't want grilled cheese. It's the only thing you could buy. Yeah, but it's got these fancy French mushrooms on it. I don't even like mushrooms. <laughs> you know, it's, it's like, yeah, but it's got special bacon. I didn't know what I want bacon. You know, it's the only thing they could afford. And after we all ate our grilled cheese and drank our water, <laughs> I opened the Bible to this portion of Scripture, and I said, this is what this, this portion of Scripture is talking about. Put a knife to thy throat if, if you're given to appetite. This is not what life's about. And I still have people come to me and say, hey, you remember that one time we bought that $15 grilled cheese? <laughs> like, I still remember. It was pretty good, too. I mean, it tasted good. You can't eat that way every day. Look at Proverbs chapter 21. Proverbs chapter 21. <clears throat> and verse 17. Let's read it together. He that loveth pleasure shall be a poor man. He that loveth wine and oil shall not be rich. Well, it doesn't get much plainer than that, does it? You want to be poor? You want to have self-inflicted poverty? Try to live outside your means. Reach for the best of life. Reach for the best. I mean, top shelf in everything. What you're going to do is be poor. Now, if God blesses you if you have an amazing job and you have uh, unique abilities and, and God has blessed you man hey get that top shelf catch up all right don't don't just get the hinds or the hunts get that top shelf stuff you know, what's it taste like I have no idea <laughs> but I buy hinds on sale right and uh, that's if I'm not at Aldi's and so uh, but man food can taste really good Cars can be really nice. Houses can be super beautiful. Vacations can be like so memorable. Just make sure you do it within your means. Because if you don't, you're just going to go poor. Right? Look at Proverbs 22. <clears throat> I'm not going to go through all 10. Some of you are doing the math. You're like, uh, I'm looking at the time and we're on like number four. Uh, I'm not going to give you all these this morning. Proverbs chapter 22 and verse 7, self-inflicted poverty, you want to shoot yourself in the foot financially? Look at Proverbs chapter 22, verse 7. The rich ruleth over the poor, say it together, 
and the borrower is servant to the lender. Now the word servant there is the old English word for slave. The borrower is the slave to the lender. Now I put number four, unwise debt. Some people think all debt is bad. I think there are ways that you can use debt in a wise fashion to actually save money. For example, if you can buy a house, you're usually going to pay less than renting for the same house, and you have a measure of equity. So getting a mortgage for a house can be wise debt if the deal makes sense, right? So there, there are ways to use debt as a tool, but folks, you got to understand there's forces outside of our control where rich people love debt because it's a way for them to get poorer people on the hook, and it's a constant stream of income for them, right? There's a reason why I drive a Honda and the banker drives a car that's worth three times as much. And one of the reasons is interest. And when you really understand interest, and then you go to compound interest, like credit cards and such, compound interest is one of the things that keeps rich people rich and poor people poor. And what we have to do is break the debt cycle. Use debt wisely, but don't get into unneeded debt because it just makes you poor. Do this. Go to your, if you carry a balance on your credit cards, pull up your statement from December, and it will tell you on there how much you spent in interest and fees all year long. It might be shocking for some people. And what you do is there's a whole thing we can teach about how to get out of debt. But the first thing you have to do to get out of debt is decide to. And you pray about it. You make it a matter of prayer. You pray down money. You look at the bills that you are paying the highest interest on, and you pay those off first. Listen, if you've got $1,000 in the bank making 0.01% interest in savings, and you have a credit card that you're paying 19% APR every month that has a $1,000 balance, you're not saving money. You're losing money every month. So the idea is have an emergency fund of about $1,000, if you can get that to happen, but at least have some amount of emergency fund, and then you start paying off all your debts from the highest percentage to the lowest. And man, it's a wonderful thing to be able to look at your life and say, I don't have any unwise debt. And that's how you get out of being poor. <clears throat> Let me give you one last one, Proverbs chapter 22 and verse 16. Proverbs chapter 22 and verse 16. Let's say it together. He that oppresseth the poor to increase his riches, he giveth to the rich shall surely come to want. So number five, self-inflicted poverty, reasons for self-inflicted poverty. Number five is taking advantage of the poor. So number one, selfishness number two laziness number three living above your income number four unwise debt number five taking advantage of the poor folks you're never going to get rich 
God's way by stepping on the necks of others and by stabbing people in the back. Here's something I fought. I have been a Christian businessman over the years. Here's something I used to fight all the time, and even after I became a pastor sometimes. People would say, well, I'm a Christian at church, but business is business. What'd that mean? They might lie to you. <laughs> they might steal. They might do a bad deal knowing that you're going to get the short end of the stick. And I used to always say, no, you're a Christian every day. I don't just want to be a Christian businessman. I don't just want to be a businessman. I want to be a Christian businessman. I want to have the integrity of Christ. And if I have to take the short end of the stick every once in a while to keep my integrity, so be it. If I have to take the short end of the stick in order to please the Lord, so be it. But you will never, you will never, you will never get on top side with God by stepping on the necks of those that are less fortunate. We'll end with this illustration. Years ago, I knew a Christian man. He had a Christian business idea. And it was an interesting idea. They would buy a car put a locator on it so the car, they couldn't lose track of the car. Then it was one of these buy here, pay here places. And, um, you know, those can be a blessing if somebody needs a car and doesn't have the money. But oftentimes those places charge an exorbitant amount of interest, like a, an ungodly amount of interest. And so I began asking questions, and he wanted me to invest in it and even wanted the church to invest in it, which we don't do stuff like that. But he's, he's like... It's, he's like, we're, we're making money. Every, he's showing the financials. Every month, every month we're making money. I said, well, how, where is this? And he said, well, it's in down south because in one of the states down south, you can charge someone with bad credit 35% interest on a car. 35% interest. And I said, not interested. But he says, we're making money. Not interested. But, and I, I showed him this verse. He that oppresseth the poor to increase his riches, and he that giveth to the rich shall surely come to want. I don't want to make money by oppressing people who are less fortunate than me. The truth is often, I rarely loan money, not that I have a lot, but if somebody needs a little help. I will rarely loan money unless I feel like it's it's something that will kind of help them and give them a leg up, make them feel like, you know, I'm paying something off, you know, make them feel good about themselves. Usually if somebody asks me for money, I'll just give it to them instead. Because I don't want people owing the preacher money. <laughs> right? You're like, I can't go to church because I owe pastor hundred bucks and I can't pay it. I don't want to be that guy. I'm not a banker. I'm the preacher. Now, usually if you come and ask me for money, I'm like, dude, I need money from you. <laughs> you know, it's like, like you want to go rob a bank? And uh, we'll, But if I ever have a little bit and somebody needs a little bit, somebody says, hey, can I borrow 20 bucks? And the Lord, I feel like they, I should give it to him. No, but you can have 20 bucks. Somebody asked me recently, hey, can I borrow $100? I said, no, I won't let you borrow 100 but I'll give you 70 I said, I want you on the preacher money. And... There's this idea of I'm not going to take advantage of people that are hurting. Why? There have been times where I've been hurting. But also I know that that makes God unhappy. 
The Bible talked about that in the Old Testament. Don't take advantage of your brethren when they're struggling. And so ways to get self-inflicted poverty, be selfish. It's mine. It's not God's. It's mine. It's not yours. It's mine. It's my life. It's my soul. It's my. You're in trouble. Laziness. Living above your income. Unwise debt. Taking advantage of the poor. Don't be like that police officer who shot himself in the leg. You might be poor. You might struggle. But it ought not be because you're violating God's word. Amen? Amen. And then the only way to get back on top is with God's help, <laughs> right? And that's where the biblical philosophies of wealth come in, is I'm going to do things God's way. The Bible says that he maketh, or he giveth wealth and maketh poor. So the way to get wealth is to do it God's way. All right, we'll cover this another time, maybe even tonight. I might push aside what I was going to talk about tonight, or I might just preach what I'm going to preach tonight. I'll pray about it. But I hope this is helpful to you. Father, help us as we strive to have a biblical mindset when it comes to materials, when it comes to riches, when it comes to money. And Lord, some of these things are so practical, but we ask that you would give us grace and help and strength and that you would help us be wise with, with what you give us, not just so that we can enjoy them for ourselves, but so we can have to give to others. And we can be used of you to be a blessing to other people as well. Lord, I pray if there's anyone in their sin that is not saved, that they wouldn't try to save their own soul, but they would give it to you. And you could redeem them. They could be born again through faith in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And Lord, all of your redeemed, help us to not be selfish or lazy or try to keep up with the Joneses and and have unwise debt for things we don't really need. Lord, that we wouldn't take advantage of others, but that we would honor you in all that we say and do. Heads about, eyes are closed. We'll take a moment of invitation. Maybe your finances are in great shape. Hey, praise God. Maybe you're up to your neck in debt and you're drowning. Maybe you're at the end of your rope. Maybe you're kind of right in the middle. Maybe you're doing okay, but you're concerned about inflation and all of that. Whatever the, the needs, whatever the situation, make sure you don't shoot yourself in the foot. But follow God's example and his biblical philosophy of riches and everything will be okay. Let's stand. The altar's open if you'd like to come pray. Of course, if you're not sure you're saved, we'd love to take a Bible and show you how you can know for sure.